Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A bump in the night. Your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. I'm gonna kill you. Welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday, where we tell your odd but true stories. Got some good ones. As always, we always have some good ones. Mm-hmm. Y'all are crushing it with the submissions mm-hmm. as usual. Yeah, these uh one of these legitimately scared me. They're all I was like, I would not want to be in your shoes, but Mm-mm. thank you for sharing the story. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's none of these. I well, some that are like sweet people visiting, I'd be okay mm-hmm. with, but most of these no, I want nothing to do with them. So For real. Yes, but we appreciate you all sharing them with us because we're getting lots of messages about how everybody likes hearing everybody else's creepy stories. For sure. And if you have one, sinisterhead.com slash Freaky Friday or slash contact, it's right there. The link's right mm-hmm. there for you. Stick it in the form. And uh, as you say, all submissions will be considered because we do. I mean, we have them all in a nice spreadsheet and just read through them and uh, put them in the, the outline. Mm-hmm. Also, sinisterhood.com slash live shows. Oh, that's right. If you would like to get tickets to the tour that is currently going on, we're currently home right now. Yep. A week break. But that just means we're recording stuff in studio and writing for the next leg. That starts uh, June 1st. We yep. will be in Raleigh and then Nashville and Atlanta and then lots of other cities after that. So uh, go to sinisterhood.com slash live shows. We're having a blast so far. Only going to get better. Baby's ready to get back out there. Baby, um, if you haven't met Baby, then you need to come to a live show so you can meet Baby. Baby is <laughs> um, Baby. is baby. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, let's get started. I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And what did I say? Let's get freaky. Isn't that what the new one is? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's freak out. Let's freak out. Well, this first one's from Emma, and the subject line is my hospital ghost story. Hi, I love the show and love the new Freaky Friday series. I'm glad this has finally given me a chance to share my hospital ghost story. When I first started working as a nurse two years ago, I worked nights on an adult cardiac step-down unit. Basically, every hospital unit has ghost stories, and mine was no different. On slow nights, sometimes we would sit around the nurse's station and share creepy stories other staff had experienced on my floor. I enjoyed the storytelling, but didn't completely believe in any of it. Until one night. So it's about 2 a.m. at this time. I'm the only employee on this side of the unit, as the other nurse was on break, and the CNA, the Certified Nursing Assistant, 
was helping a patient down the hall. The computer I was charting at faced the side of the H with patient rooms that ended in a locked door. I was seated in a way where I couldn't completely see the whole hallway, but I could see part of it out of the corner of my eye. So I'm charting, and out of the corner of my eye, I see a figure walking down the hall away from me towards the locked doors. It looked like an all-black shadow of a person. I was so sure I saw someone, I got up and went to make sure none of the patients had gotten up and were roaming the halls, even though I knew in the back of my mind none of those patients in that hall could get up themselves. Sure enough, everyone was sleeping soundly in bed. Now, the doors at the end of the hallway are electronic double doors that swish when opening, loud enough that I would have heard them while charting at my desk or in any patient room, and there is no way someone had walked past me at the desk or a family member was walking around, because at that time, we did not allow family to stay the night. Once I realized there was no way that shadow figure belonged to a physical living person, I internally freaked out for a few seconds, but I had too much to do to dwell on it, so I tucked it away until I could fully process it later. I didn't tell anyone else working because I was just too busy. Flash forward to about 5 a.m. We have CNAs on this floor, and one of their jobs was to take dirty linens and trash out of rooms in the morning, so they're ready to go for the day. They also make sure empty rooms are set up in case the day shift gets an admission. So I am again charting at the desk when the CNA comes up to me and asks me to come into the empty room at the very end of the hall with her, closest to the locked door. When I asked her why, she told me that when she went into the dark room by herself, she got the feeling something was sitting in the empty rocking chair watching her. I then told her I would absolutely not go in there with her and explained what happened to me earlier in the night. Needless to say, that room at the end of the hall did not get set up that day. I hope you like my story. Thanks for making Wednesday and now Friday days I look forward to every week. Yeah, you just got to tell the manager, listen, it's not getting set up. That There's somebody in there. today, everybody. So um, unless you want to take it upon yourself to go in there and set it up, that's great. I am. I think we should disclose to anyone that might need it, though, that there's a <laughs> shadow figure sitting in the rocking chair. You're like, it ain't going to be me, and it's mm. already occupied. So don't clean it out <laughs> right. because there's somebody in there already. Just mark True. it on the outside that it's occupied and does not need to be cleaned. That is very eerie when you see something. It's almost like the Bed Bath & Beyond story or linens and things, wherever we established that that Bed, Bath, store was, <laughs> where something is happening to you. And then you just go, oh, that's just me. And then someone comes up to you and says, something just happened to me. And it's the same thing. And you haven't told anyone. That is definitely heart sinking to. Yeah, it's a heart sinking moment of, oh, God. Also, rocking chairs are inherently creepy, in my opinion. So you're already walking into an empty hospital room, 5 a.m. There's a rocking chair. That's a spooky enough situation. And then you get the feeling that something is sitting in the rocking chair. Because rocking chairs are creepy because at any second they could just start rocking by themselves. Yeah, and you look at it and you go, is it? Is mm-hmm. it about to? Mm-hmm. Nope. I don't nope. like any of it. Why is there a rocking chair in the hospital room? You know, I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> well, thank you, Emma, for sharing that with us. This next one is from Claire. And it is Cats with a Mob Connection. Hi, y'all. I wanted to tell you guys a quick story my great-uncle Kevin told me a few years ago. 
Kevin's brother Paul was a man I only met a few times before he passed away when I was pretty young. Him and his wife lived in an apartment complex in California and were pretty friendly with their neighbors. Paul described them as a very nice woman who loved animals and her aloof, quiet boyfriend. They would often hang out at their neighbor's apartment and would watch their cats when they were out of town. Whenever they would go over, though, the boyfriend never left his room, and when he did, would barely acknowledge my uncle and his wife. Years went by, and eventually they stopped hearing from the woman and her boyfriend. It wasn't until Paul and his wife were watching the news when they discovered exactly who their neighbors were. Catherine Grieg, the woman whose cats were looked after so many times by my aunt and uncle, was arrested alongside her longtime boyfriend, James Joseph Bolger, a.k.a. Whitey Bolger. Bolger was an organized crime boss on the run for decades and was second on the FBI's most wanted list behind Osama bin Laden. I wish I could tell you what happened to the cats, but that's the last I heard from the story. I'm sure they all went to great homes. Anyway, thanks for reading. Love the podcast. Well, that's probably why he didn't want to come out of his bedroom. <laughs> I, it's funny to me that even uh, crime bosses and their families I'm like, hey, you guys want to come over and just play bridge? Um, we need, they're just like Us Weekly, it's like celebrities are just like <laughs> us. Even criminals need pet sitters now and then. It's true. You know? They're like, we're going out of town to escape from the authorities, maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if your face is on the wall at the post office, I think you're probably not entertaining guests. And it's probably irritating that your girlfriend's like, we'll just have them over for dinner. And mm-hmm. it's like, I'll take my dinner in my room. <laughs> I'm not trying to go to jail today. Yeah. It's also makes you think, do you really ever know people? No. And it, I mean, it's kind of, we, we were... You know, we've covered this before where in cases where, you know, Ted Bundy was like a uh, dream tenant for one of his, mm-hmm. the the boarding, the woman's house that he was a boarder at. And you just think it, these, you have these, like you say, sliding door moments of Whitey Bulger just needed a cat sitter. And yeah. to, hi- to him, you were nothing but the, you know, uncle and aunt were nothing but the nice people that, you know, pets at the cat. Mm-hmm. but Or the annoying it's... neighbors that wouldn't let him <laughs> get just some peace in his own home. Like, but, yeah. stop coming over. But it's just interesting, the different facets of people's lives, I guess, that you only saw, or the aunt and uncle only saw that facet of his life of, mm-hmm. he's kind of quiet, he's kind of stuck up, he won't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Well, thank you so much, Claire. And this next one is from Peter, and it is called The Lady with the Bag. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, y'all. I love you, too, and your show so much. 
Thank you so much for this segment. I love hearing people's creepy stories. So this story is from when I was in high school, during the summer following my sophomore year. At the time, my family was living in an apartment complex, and I shared a room with a family friend named Sean, who was staying with us for a while. Now, Sean loved smoking pot and was probably high as a kite 24-7. And while I never got high with him, I'm sure I probably got a contact high from time to time, especially after looking at some old pictures he and I took of us from this time and seeing how red my eyes were. Now, this is relevant because sometimes after smoking late at night, Sean would get some serious munchies and have a craving for some root beer and gummy bears. It just so happened that we lived about a five-minute walk away from a 7-Eleven, so often we'd find ourselves walking over there at 2 in the morning to buy some snacks for coming back home to watch SNL or some awful Adam Sandler comedy. On one night, however, things didn't go as planned. As usual, Sean got high and got the munchies, and so we headed over to the 7-Eleven to get some snacks. Afterwards, armed with candy and Slurpees, we began the short walk back home. Now, this was probably like 1 or 2 in the morning, and we were used to being the only people out during these short walks. On this night, however, as we were about a minute or so away from the apartment, we noticed that someone was walking on the sidewalk towards us. Even from a distance, I could tell something was off. They were wearing all black clothing with a cloaked hood on their head, like a reaper's hood, which made it difficult to make out their face, and they were carrying a large plastic bag with the handles tied tight. As uncomfortable as they made me, I decided not to say anything to Sean and just keep walking with him back to the apartment, head down, as there was no other way to get there besides on this street. As we were about to pass this person, however, I couldn't resist the curiosity to get a better look at them. Boy, do I regret that. First, I saw their face. It was the most profound experience of Uncanny Valley that I've ever had in my life. She was a woman, but she looked more like a doll. Almost human, but something wasn't quite right about her. It was like staring at an avatar from a video game, but in real life, as though someone from The Sims was walking out on the street. I was terrified at this. They looked straight at me, with hollow, unreal eyes. No emotions on their face at all. Disturbed as I was, I was taken out of this by an even more frightening realization. I heard a rustling noise against plastic. It was their bag. Something in it was moving. Inside, I was freaking out, but I said nothing. I just kept walking on. I just wanted to get back home. After passing them, both Sean and I kept walking on silently, both of us devastatingly unsure of what we just saw. When we got to the apartment not soon after, I turned my head back to see if they were still there, but I saw no trace of the person in the black cloak with the bag. Once home, I finally mustered the courage to look at Sean. He looked just as terrified as I felt, his high long gone. What was that? He asked me the first words either of us had said to each other since passing the woman. To this day, I have no idea who the lady was or why she looked the way she did. Or even worse, what did she have alive in her bag, walking around with at two in the morning on a summer night? Well, Sean, I hope your gummy bears were worth it. <laughs> this is the one that really freaked me out. What is that? That's, I don't know, but... Uncanny Valley stuff is very unnerving. 
the um, description of her looking like a doll. Because I picture almost those type of masks, like in The Mm -hmm. Strangers, where it's, you know what I'm talking about, that looks kind Mm -hmm. of doll-like. Now, those look really more like a, a mask than a person. But if it was like that, but just a little more human, like you said, like an avatar or... Uh, an AI or something. There's just something Mm-mm. off. Because it makes you wonder, how'd that face get like that? Yeah. Is it because I don't think it's a? I don't think it's a computer screen. I don't know what it is. Also, what is in the bag? A human hand. Like I think it was like the thing on Adam's family. It's <laughs> Do you think to get out. it was like um, a a companion, or she had taken this from someone and it was still twitching? I wonder. Oh, the hand was it a hand pinion? Yeah, yeah, like thing. <laughs> yeah, she has to keep it in the bag, otherwise the jig is up. Everyone knows they're gonna get found out. And he's like, "Get oh, me I out! I, I want to walk along the sidewalk. I want to see what those guys got." For or at least let me perch on your shoulder. Right. That's that's the whole thing is bizarre. Why do you why are you have a a reaper's cloak on and a hood? Mm-hmm. What at two is, in the morning? What at two in the morning? What are you doing walking around, and what's in your bag that's rustling? On the flip side, if you have to walk alone at night at 2 in the morning, wear a cloak, shake a rustling bag, True. put a weird mask on, because it, then they'll think you're the weirdo, and mm-hmm. then they'll leave you alone, and they'll go, we ran back so afraid. No one's going to fuck right, with you, you nope. if you look like a Sims character walking around <laughs> at 2 in the morning. It's true. That is true. I have a lot of questions. So many. So, I'll think about this for a while. Peter, if you don't mind drawing a photo, like drawing a picture or like sending. <laughs> well, I mean, the Sims character helps, but uh, any rendering would help. Yeah. Uh, and theories as to what may have yeah. been in the back. You know, the real crime here is uh, your high is just totally gone. After <laughs> I was that. thinking that, you know, <laughs> like, you're, now you got the root beer and gummy bears. You're like, I don't want it. I don't need these anymore. Yeah. I'm I don't scared even want shitless this. now. Yeah, <laughs> totally ruined Sean. the night. <laughs> Ruin the night. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, we have three more. And we're starting off one with uh, one from Terry. And the subject line is Haunted Apartment. And Terry writes, Hello, spooky friends. Here is my most intense brush with the afterlife. I was newly divorced and in my very first apartment. It was a renovated girls' school from the 1800s, and I was stoked at the idea that there were so many old spirits that could be present. The building was split into three apartments, two studios on the first floor and my two-bedroom on the second floor. 
Within a few weeks, I noticed a sense of a sort of presence. It wasn't scary at all. I just would feel not alone, if that makes sense. I sometimes felt that it was probably my dad who had passed on, just standing behind me at the fridge or sitting on the edge of my bed or pushing buttons on the microwave, just saying, you know, you got this, kiddo, and I felt at ease. One night, my daughter had come over for dinner, and as she was leaving, she ran back into the kitchen and said, um, I'm going to stay with you tonight so you aren't alone. Me, thinking she had run into one of the old single guys who lived downstairs and got the creeps to tell her, don't worry, your mama has a bat and can take those guys while laughing, I looked over my shoulder at her and saw absolutely no color in her face. Um, no, I just saw something float up the stairs and disappear. She said that the figure reminded her of a Dementor from Harry Potter, black and smoky, about four feet tall and floating about two feet off the stairs. She saw it turn to go up the stairs, come at her, and disappear just before it got to her. She got very cold and felt instantly sick. We were shooketh. From that moment on, any feelings that I felt there when something was present were bad. I wouldn't call it evil, really, just uncomfortable. I felt unwelcome for sure. I was low-key bummed because I thought for sure these little ghostly schoolgirls would dig me. I'm a cool mom. My boyfriend was staying one weekend, and we were fast asleep. I suddenly felt very cold and opened my eyes to see a smoky black figure directly above me, floating. I was frozen. I felt it taking my breath, and I couldn't sit up. I used my arms to try to push it away and was yelling, No! 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 Go away! I felt as if I pushed it away so it wasn't directly over me, and it disappeared. My boyfriend was shaking me awake at this point, even though I am certain I was awake when this happened. And he told me that I looked like I was reaching for something while moaning. Ew. I was certain that there was something awful in the apartment. The next day I had to work and my boyfriend was hanging out at home while the handyman for the building was coming to fix a wall in one of the closets. He was just chatting it up with a guy, saying how they did such a nice job on the remodel and asked if he knew much about the lady that lived here before us. We were still getting a lot of her mail. He said that she was a sweet older lady that had moved right before the remodel and that her husband had hung himself in the garage that sat behind the property a week before she moved out. Did your jaws drop? Mine did. We were convinced that the spirit was her husband who was probably confused, thinking that I was maybe his wife at first and that's why he was comforting, but then when he realized I wasn't, got hostile. My boyfriend, now hubby, practices Native American spirituality, and did a smudging ceremony with sage throughout the apartment, welcoming only positive energy and asking any negative energy to move on. We moved about a year later, but never experienced anything after the smudging. When we were buying our current house, an old Cape Cod style in downtown Cincinnati, my first question for the homeowners was how is the water pressure in the shower, and has anyone died here? Priorities, am I right? I have a few other stories to share, but I'll do that at another time. Thanks for doing all you do. Hope to see you live someday. Mm, I hate the idea of there's a presence and then it turns. Yeah, that's um, an interesting theory that maybe it thought it was the wife and then realized it wasn't. And much like um, the Winchester Mystery House, like she kept just building things to appease the the spirits. You know, mm -hmm. if somebody doesn't want you there then they can turn and make it uh, not pleasant for you to, to live in that home. Yeah, you don't, if, 
it's one thing if the spirit thinks you're his wife. That's not even good because you know it might get a little too cozy That's showing true. up in the shower, mm-hmm. showing up in the bed. But especially of who the hell are you? Get out of here and like confusion that turns into anger. I think the smudging ceremony was definitely the way to go. Yeah, I'm glad that worked for sure. Thank you so much for sending that in, Terry. Uh, the next one we have is from Liz, and the subject line is murder three days after my wedding. I feel like it's been long enough now that I can tell this story. So my husband, 27-year-old male, and I, 26-year-old female, got married in July 2021. Our venue was this beautiful renovated barn in a rural area one town over from our hometown in Pennsylvania. The owners of the barn are a local pediatrician in our community and his wife. The barn is on their property as well as another barn with animals in their house. Think giant fields with trees and mountains in the background. It was perfect. The wife was the one who mainly communicated and helped us leading up to and during our wedding. We then met the husband the day after our wedding while we were there cleaning up. Both were extremely nice and accommodating, and they did everything we asked to ensure our day was wonderful. So for context, the husband, the pediatrician, had two sons from a previous marriage, ages 18 and 24. We got married on a Saturday, and the following Thursday, I'm at work reading the newspaper, and I see a name I recognize. The article is about a man confessing to killing his older brother. Then it hits me. It's the sons of the pediatrician we rented our venue from. His youngest son, 18, stabbed his older brother, 24, to death the previous Tuesday morning. The younger brother initially said that he found his brother dead and called 911. He then told the police his brother had completed suicide. There were stab wounds in his back, so suicide obviously didn't fit the situation. Upon further questioning, the younger brother admitted to stabbing him after confronting his older brother about, quote, ruining his childhood with mental and physical abuse. According to news articles, the younger brother stabbed the older brother. The older brother fell face first onto a bed, and the younger brother continued to stab him in the back. He was arrested and charged with criminal homicide, along with other charges. I have no idea what abuse he was referring to or if that's true or not. From what I can find online, he was denied bail and is still in custody. He confessed to police and waived his right to a preliminary hearing. So at this point, I think it's going through the process to get a verdict and sentencing. Correct me if I'm wrong, Heather. Not sure how that works, but I will attach two articles about the case below. My husband and I were shocked and reached out to the wife to give our condolences. I wouldn't say we were close to the situation, but I truly hope we never get any closer to another brush with true crime again. I also briefly want to say how much I love both you and the podcast. I work from home now and have struggled being alone, but listening to you guys while I work feels like I have two friends keeping me company. Thank you for being so awesome. Love, Liz. Well, um, Liz did attach two articles, and then I found another more updated article. So initially, the exactly what she said happened is what happened, is that there was an attack. The younger brother attacked his older brother, and gave a story to the police that was not supported by the physical evidence. Mm -hmm. But then confessed to actually having done it. Yeah, apparently he said in one of these articles, the detective said, did you just lose it? And he said, yes. Mm. And he said he, he also admitted to falsely reporting the suicide, saying he thought that it would be a better story and an easier story, but that... Now, his defense attorneys, this is an article actually from May 10th of 2022, so a few days ago, his defense attorneys are arguing now that 
it was self-defense. Interesting. So it said the brother who was killed threatened the perpetrator with a knife, which led to a fight. However, the state or the commonwealth, well, the state are saying there's no defensive injuries. We didn't, you know, we didn't see evidence of a fight. And so that just may be a defense tactic. But uh, they said that they are uh, still, uh, I mean, it's still going down the the pipeline in the Mm -hmm justice system so if he waived the preliminary that just means they agreed that there was sufficient evidence to charge him and now it's all the pre-trial discovery is all happening right now of like videotapes from the property like security camera footage photos of injuries autopsy reports things like that and that it will eventually go to trial unless he pleads out but i wonder if they're trying to put forth the self-defense theory so that they would plead to a lesser charge yeah that's so sad for those parents. You lose both your kids in mm-hmm. one day, just in different ways. So in one situation. Oh man, that's that's horrible. Yeah, it's a uh, and to know that like you were just on that property where it happened just a few days before, and then you think again, like you don't really know what's going on. Places, you know, yeah. no one ever really knows what goes on behind closed doors. That uh, we'll maybe we'll keep an eye on that and do an update like on a true crime headlines or, or something. Yeah, I'd be interested to see. I'd be interested to see what happens as far as what other evidence the defense puts forth, and then what if if it pleads out or if there's mm-hmm. a trial. But um, thank you, Liz, for sending that story in. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And our final one is from Lauren from Fort Worth. And Shout the subject. <laughs> What's up? Funky Town. <laughs> Y'all call it Funky Town, right? Fort Worth? Uh, you know, I never did growing up there, but I, uh, my good friend Laurie, who also grew up there, does. And uh, I guess maybe it depended on maybe where I grew up wasn't funky. I don't know. We're the big it- D and that's the big F. <laughs> I didn't call it anything. I just called it Fort Worth, I believe. <laughs> well, Lauren from Fort Worth sends in the subject line, hallway ghost slash light as a feather. I have two weird stories. Thank you and love all that you do. The first one, hallway ghost. In the house I grew up in, we had a hallway off our living room that led to my brother's room on the left, my room in the center, and my parents' room on the right. One day, when I was about 12 or 13, I was in the living room looking toward the entrance of the hallway when I saw my brother walk across the hall toward my parents' room. He has dark hair and was wearing a white t-shirt and dark pants. I followed him to see what he was doing, entered my parents' room where I did not see him, so I went into their bathroom and then their closet, thinking he was hiding from me. I couldn't find him anywhere, so I gave up and went back to the living room. Just as I got back there, he came inside from the back door, which was the opposite side of the living room from the hall, and there is no possible way he could have gotten there from when I saw him just a moment earlier. So obviously it wasn't him who I saw walking down the hallway. I was freaked out, but I just brushed it off as my eyes playing tricks on me. 
Fast forward a few years later to when I was at my house with my high school boyfriend. He was sitting on the couch where he was facing the hallway entrance, and I was sitting across from him with my back to the hallway. I saw him glance up behind me with a confused look on his face. I asked what was wrong, and he said, I thought I just saw someone walk across the hall. I said, what did they look like? And he replied, someone with dark hair wearing a white t-shirt, kind of like your brother. I had never told him the story of what I had seen years earlier. I tend not to believe in supernatural things, but two people seeing the exact same thing in the same place can't be a coincidence. My parents don't live in that house anymore, but I sometimes wonder if our hallway ghost is still there and what he was doing there in the first place. Second story, light as a feather. When I was about 10 or 11 in the late 90s, I would often have sleepovers with a group of girls at my friend's house. As many preteen girls do, we decided to play light as a feather, stiff as a board. For those who are unfamiliar with that game, one person lays down on the floor on their back, surrounded by four people kneeling around them. One at the head, one at the feet, and one on either side of them, each with their index and middle fingers from both hands extended underneath the person laying down. The person at the head tells a story about how the person laying down supposedly died, all while everyone else is whisper chanting, light as a feather, stiff as a board, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Everyone has to keep their eyes closed the whole time. After the person at the head finishes telling the story, you're all supposed to raise the person up using just the four fingers you have underneath the person. Well, it worked. We tried it multiple times with multiple people in the different positions, and it worked every time. And we were able to lift the people up with ease. It was not a struggle at all. We were able to raise most people at least to waist height. And one girl we were able to lift over our heads. If anyone ever opened their eyes during the process, the person being lifted would fall to the ground. I was both the lifter and the liftee at different times, and it worked the same. The person was lifted with ease. And if anyone opened their eyes, the person would fall. The one person from that group who I am still friends with now has confirmed that her memories are the same as mine, so I know I'm not crazy. And to this day, I have no logical explanation as to why we were able to pull that off. If I heard someone else tell this story, I 100% would not believe them because it sounds like bullshit lunacy. But I was there, and I'm here to tell you it worked. Side note. We made the mistake of playing this game once with the pastor's kids and got in huge trouble for, quote, practicing witchcraft. I often wonder if anyone else has had a similar experience with this weird game. I played this at many a slumber parties and it never worked for us. Mm, they were conjuring something that night. <laughs> I wonder if, did you ever do the thing as a kid where you would... Like, get in a door frame or up against a wall, usually a door frame, and you would, like, put, you'd put, like, your right arm down by your side, and then you would press your shoulder and your arm into the door frame really hard, and then you'd do that for, like, 30 seconds, and then when you stopped, your arm would just, like, travel up by itself. Oh, I don't think I've ever done you that. You didn't do this? No. It's such a I weird was a thing. chicken shit kid, though. <laughs> what would be scary about that? I don't know. What is my arm doing on its own? <laughs> I it, It's because of, like, I think blood flow. Oh. But we would do this all the time. We would also um, tip our, like, go, like, put our heads upside down and hold our breasts until we passed out. 
Did you also do Chubby Bunny where you ate a bunch of oh, marshmallows? Oh, yeah. We did Chubby Bunny. Um, we did the Ouija board. We did Light as a Feather, Oof. Stiff as a Board, Bloody Mary, all of it. But I'm wondering if maybe the same thing with like put, pushing your arm against the door frame is somehow it's the same type of whatever is happening here. Because if your eyes are closed, perhaps you don't really know if you're actually lifting someone up. But it just feels like you are. So you think that you're actually you you don't consider that it would be hev- too heavy for you to lift. Is that like your brain isn't saying like, oh, this is a person because your eyes are closed? I'm saying it, I, in my theory, because I'm a naysayer in this, <laughs> I'm saying they didn't really lift someone. But it felt as if they did just like with your arm floating up because of the blood flow. You feel as if your arms are like floating up, lifting someone, but you're you're not really. I don't know. That's just my way of trying to logically explain this. Well, ABC Science has the answer for you. Oh yes, they what said is ABC that Science. The answer is timing, poor memory, and the natural underestimated strength of your fingers. So a whole bunch of people are using their fingers at the same time, in like four. You don't really take into account that it's not. I'm alone not lifting one person with just my fingertips. That's four people each have two hands. So that's right. pretty significant amount so of strength. So if, you, if you, everybody has 10 fingertips, that's 40 tips. Yes. And you, even if you're, and then minus out, you can minus out thumbs if you want, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. But it's almost like an improv game where your group think where you're all at the same time. They said the chanting and the eyes being closed is paramount to not dropping the person because everybody does get on the same concentration kind of vibration. And Uh so eventually when you open your eyes, if someone opens their eyes, then they may, their balance may turn. It's like yoga. Yeah. It's like almost like meditation or yeah, where you can really get into your breathing is in sync. The chanting makes you in sync and the hands make you in sync up. It also says frequently ghosts will pop under and I'm just kidding. (laughs) And Um, help you out. But so is it saying that it's really not as difficult as you would think to lift a person with your fingertips? Because if everyone's doing it, there's more strength there than you really give it credit for. That's what that's what ABC Science says. Hmm. Interesting. I think we need to test this. Right. <laughs> Next, we got stop. four people. We got me, you, Paris, Tommy. You know what? We'll get Leanne. We got we'll five get, people. We'll get Leanne. George Brown will be okay, there. We'll we go got on six. To- now we got. That's good because then we can it. have. Uh, no, that's an odd number. Well, we I think s- you need. I mean, it's okay if there's more than four people. In fact, that's I mean, you probably lift more. Well, I was saying if if it was like. An odd number, then you would have one person laying down and then like an even number on each side. But I guess True. that doesn't, I guess, I don't know. You could figure it out. I th- We got to test this. That's, that's, this is the only way to figure it out is we're testing it. We got to test mm-hmm. it. Well, we do. We'll film we- it and we'll test it. <laughs> that's what we have to do. We got to get, well, we can make Leanne be the dead body because she does yoga. So I bet she could like be real, like if you have to hold your core strength in. Are you supposed to pretend like you're dead? No, you're, yeah. You, I, I oh, you're can, supposed to just be loose. I can do that. I, I can be loose. Yeah, yeah, I lay around all the time like I'm dead. So <laughs> I am I got this down pat. I resemble a corpse as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, some chanting. Yeah. We're like I Mythbusters, like but for 
sleepover games. This we'll is do, a new thing. I we'll say do, we start filming and doing for Patreon. We're going to do Bloody Mary. We'll do Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board. Do what a Ouija board, a, but a Ouija in a hotel. Board? What <laughs> so about a Ouija board? You have sworn off Ouija boards. I have one. If you I have recall. this, um, someone gave me this smudge. I have it on the table. I'm holding oh, nice. it up to the camera. So I can take this. Will they let me take this on a No, you airplane? can't do that in a... Oh, in an airplane? I was going to say you can't light that in a hotel room, though. Oh. Well, <laughs> you can light other stuff in a hotel room. <laughs> We discovered this the other day. There was a whole discussion. Don't light things in a hotel room. Anything. No. Um, but I think this could be a fun a fun thing that we do. And Might we start it with light as a feather, stiff as a board. We're doing it. Yes. Um, to... Go back to the first one, the hallway ghost. Again, you got two people corroborating a story. You think, oh, it was just my eyes playing tricks on me. Then your high school boyfriend sees the same thing. That's very freaky. I mean, this is like when I saw a ghost at my high school boyfriend's house and they all gasped because I was like, you guys see that guy on the hallway? And they were like, it's the man. She saw the man. <laughs> so I think that's, again, what we said at the beginning when someone in the nursing station mm-hmm. where they go, did you see, I saw something creepy down there. I think you got to do some um, research on your house and see if uh, maybe a young guy passed away there or, you know, that that's... If I saw something like this at my house, first thing I'm doing is pulling up property records and figuring out what happened here before me. Like diedinhouse.com or whatever. <laughs> is that the, a uh, website? I, I think so. I think oh, it's called okay. diedinhouse.com. You have to pay like $20. Oh. It's a nah. scam. It is. Uh, but it sounds to me like the type of apparition that is like repeating, that isn't cognizant of its surrounding, that it just keeps walking into that room. Mm. So not that it's... It's not like a sinister apparition that's following you around trying to suck your air out of your lungs like the other one, but and it may need to be released in its own way of like you move on, this isn't your house anymore, kind of thing. Yeah, smudge it or something like that. But uh, it sounds like they moved. So yeah, (laughs) somebody else's problem now. He may still be walking that hallway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh well, these were all very good ones as always. So thank you all for submitting your stories. Thank you, Lauren from Fort Worth. For these two. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you to everybody else as well. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, please send them in at sinisterhood.com slash Freaky Friday. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Rolling the Airwaves and Getting Into It tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, and patron-exclusive video and audio content, including footage, forthcoming footage of us doing Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board. Oh, yes. <laughs> but and currently... forthcoming footage of us exploring the gates of hell yes. in Columbus. That is uh, on my computer being edited. And it should be, by the time Freaky Friday airs, yeah, by the time you hear this, go to Patreon. You can watch us uh, explore the gates of hell. You can watch me struggle to get up the side of a, uh, <laughs> what I'm calling a mountain. It 
was not, but <laughs> it felt like a mountain. I also have realized there's a little bit of footage of Randy because he's behind you. So That's true. Y'all will be able to see the the mythical, the myth, the legend, the man, Randy. <laughs> we also have our live Q&A coming up for the month yes. on the 24th Tuesday. at 8 p.m. Central Time. And then two days later on the 26th, we have our live stream monthly live stream also at 8 p.m. Central and uh, voting is currently going on to determine what we'll be doing for that one. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Mm -hmm. They always are. They're always so much fun. Oh, super fun. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally and like we said, we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast where you can ask us all your burning questions. For patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available, and those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. So many of you have been tagging us of you wearing your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want some cool swag like T-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop on the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please tell a friend who you think would help us to check us out. It means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can also share episodes you think this one was a good one for someone to to hear that you know just click those three little dots at the top and you can share it it's so very easy you can also go to sinisterhood.com slash playlists mm-hmm. and we have organized episodes by subject we have a whole freaky friday playlist best of comedy best of cryptids best of live shows so uh if you're just looking to share the show with someone and they're like i don't want to hear about murder okay no worries here's a cryptid playlist or a cult playlist so it uh, it keeps it organized for you to share it mm-hmm. and uh, listen to it, you know, if you want to go back and re-listen. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. We're also on TikTok and YouTube. Christy, where are you on the computer? I'm on Instagram at Christy and Wallace and on TikTok and Twitter at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I am on Twitter at MCK versus the world and on Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. in it.